Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in him and who we are to him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. Lakeside, our podcast rather, of uh, Solomon's Song, and we're in chapter number two and verse number five. And and what we've done is we, the scene is uh, in the story, we find the king and his bride at the royal dinner. And she's seated with the king at his table, and as she looks around the room, something amazing occurs to her. All the people that fill this massive banqueting house, they're all here because of her groom. <laughs> you know, she's looking around at where they're sitting at because the king would not have sat with the other guests. He would have sat in a little alcove that was elevated above the guests and off to the side where he could fill and or see the entire room and, and inter- see every guest that's there and personally make eye contact with them from where he was seated. And so she was sitting up there with him, and as she looked around the room, um, she noticed that every single person in this hall was there because of her husband. They were there because of her groom, and she watches their faces and their action as they communicate with each other as they're eating. And she's looking down and watching each person in this hall, and she is looking at the way they eat, looking at the way they talk to each other, the way they joke or laugh. She sees quiet conversations in the corner. She sees people laughing. She sees happiness in their expressions and uh, in the merriment in their face of the guests as she looks over to her king and she watches him for just a minute his eyes are taking in everything all at once not just the guests and Solomon is not just looking at the guests and seeing what she sees in the guests she's Solomon is also watching the servants he's watching the amount of wine in the guest glasses he's scanning their plates and he's seeing the amount of food there and is there is there people that need food that haven't got it yet is there people that need a refill on their glass and and he's surveying everything and he is actually taking ownership not just of the meal but of everything that is there and goes on and and she's watching him watch this and and He's aware of everything all at once. And she thinks to herself as she looks at him, all of this, all of it, like he makes all of this look so easy. The servants attend flawlessly to the guests and like a well-practiced dance, they're moving effortlessly between the tables and serving and attending. And Solomon watches all of it intently and she can tell by his expression uh, that he's pleased. She can tell that he looks at these guests eating his food in his dining hall, and he's watching them enjoy themselves, and that is enjoyment for him because he made that possible for them. Like it's his ability to lead and his ability to direct and his ability to handle um, his affairs of his household that, that pleases him. She has learned to pick up on mannerisms. Just the time that she's been in the palace, she's learned how to pick up mannerisms and what they mean, and she studies his jawline, and she sees it tense when something catches his attention. And she has noticed that when he looked at her in the garden earlier. All of these things enter her mind, and she becomes overwhelmed by the understanding that this king loves her. And so you see in chapter number 2 and verse number 5, it says, Stay with me, flagon. Comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. 
Now, she's not saying, I'm sick of love. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm done with love. I'm done with it, George. <laughs> she's not saying that. She's saying, I'm sick of love. In other words, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. She, As she's looking at the dinner, as she looks at where she's sitting, she looks at the fact that uh, his name means power, wisdom, wealth, and she's looking at all of this stuff, and she just becomes overwhelmed at her very core. You know, when you stop to really focus on what God has done, it overwhelms you at your very core. Now, it's easy to say, God blesses me, or God has done this good thing for me today. But when you stop and think about you and and where God found you and what God did to bring you into play and what God did to redeem you and what who God sent, all of the intricate little paths that, that you would have thought at one time they were coincidence, but you look back now and see it's like a carefully woven tapestry and you see the, uh, the brilliance in that and you see the involvement in that and how God did all of these things and he worked all of these people. Man, maybe he worked an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent or a parent. He worked that person at church. He worked that person you worked with, and he moved these pieces in and out of your life, and they spoke just a word. Remember the time when you felt like you were going to give up, that that all of a sudden this person came to you, and they spoke that word, and you look back, and now you know it wasn't just them speaking, but that was God speaking, and God orchestrated that, and God allowed that, and God prompted that, and all the times that God prompted you to move, and, and for you to say something, and you did, and the person came back later and said, you'll never know how much that meant to me. You saw how God even allowed you to conduit himself through you and through your spirit and through your actions and through your voice and through your through your mouth. And God allowed you to do something. And at the time, you may have thought at one time, this was just you being generous. But looking back now, you realize, no, I was actually responding to the spirit as the spirit of God said, express me. And I was able to do that. You looked at that and you got overwhelmed by God. Man, she is overwhelmed. All the things enter her mind as she becomes overwhelmed by the understanding that this same king, this guy, loves her and he desires her. Now, you're going to see it later on as we look into her life and what she came out of and the people that abused her and the people that passed on the ability or the chance to get to really know her. You're going to see all these people that said that they were her family and said that they valued her, but they never truly saw her. They they always neglected her and they passed by of the times where she shared her heart. They overlooked it. And the times that she spoke out, they just missed it. Like they missed it in their own selfishness. They missed out on seeing her her for who she truly was and who she always had been in their life. And that was a God-given gift. And man, she's overwhelmed by it. And I promise you, the times where you look back and and what makes God so powerful to me and so amazing to me is I look at all the people in my life that I interacted with that God allowed me to be in their path and they missed me. Like they never saw me. I moved in, I did something, I moved out and they, they, they never got to really know me. You know, I was just a number, or I was just a face. Have you ever felt that way? You know, no, nobody knew you. Like, you were just a person in the class. You were just that person that was always there, and they took advantage of you because you were there. You know, they really didn't care about you. They just needed something you had. And you'd ask yourself, you know, if this person could really ever truly see me. That's what God, man, when God found me, And when I found him, I should say, what made him so powerful was think of all the stuff that he is. And he looks at me and he says, I noticed you. And I value you. And I desire you. 
Daniel, I made you. Man, I, I, I gave you your talents. I gave you your sense of humor. That, that part of you that some people just don't get, I gave that to you. You know? I gave it to you because it's unique and it expresses me in a powerful way. And maybe these people don't get you at the time, but they're going to look back one day and they're going to say, I remember, man, I had that person in my class. I, I actually had that person on my speed dial one time. <laughs> you know, I had them in my phone at one time. That's awesome that God knows all of the things that he can do and is powerful. He can create the world like David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is the son of man that thou visitest him and settest him a little lower than the angels? What is this guy? What is mankind that you would put your spirit in them and you would make them your tabernacle? What are we? And man, is overwhelming and she's overwhelmed by this understanding that this king loves her and he desires her. And it was understanding that all of his power, his wealth and his wisdom fueled his love for her that overwhelmed her. The understanding that everything that he had fueled his love and his desire for her. His love and its magnitudes overran the limits of her heart's capacity. Man, when you take the time to honestly think about how powerful and how really, really big God is and how really, really small we are and how much God loves me and how much God loves you, it overwhelms our limits of our heart's capacity. And you find yourself just kind of speechless sitting there going, oh, wow, (laughs) wow. Let me ask you this. Have you ever looked into someone's eyes and Um, suddenly everything about them as a person completely overwhelmed your heart. You know, have you ever, have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and as you looked at them, you just like everything that they were, like you saw them, like you saw everything about them and it just, it just flowed out of their eyes and when you saw them, it just like overwhelmed you. And the more you looked in their eyes, the deeper you fell and you were just lost and you were just lost and who that person was. And you were just like, whoa, right now I get to look in this person's eyes. And right now this person is looking back at me. And I want to remind you of something right now that is easy to forget with everything that happens throughout the course of your day. But it's something that you need to be reminded of when you look at God and you look at everything that he is and he looks back at you. You need to know this. And let it overwhelm you. My love for you is patient, he says. When God looks in your eyes, what he tells you is this. My love for you is patient. My love for you is kind. My love for you does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. My love for you is not self-seeking. My love for you is not easily angered, and and it keeps no records of your wrongdoing. My love does not delight in evil, but it does rejoice with the truth. My love for you will always protect you. Trust, hope, and persevere. My love for you allows me to bear everything for you. My love for you believes all things. It hopes all things. And it will endure all things. The love that I have for you will never end. And it will never fail. 
you know, when you look in God's eyes and he speaks his love for you, 1 Corinthians 13, I used to read it, and sometimes when you perform a wedding, uh, they would re- the bride and groom would request that verse to be read. And it was almost like 1 Corinthians 13 was like this bar that we set for people and say, okay, now you'll be a good spouse if you could just get this, like if you could be this for your spouse. But honestly, that is really, really hard, and it's unrealistic sometimes to expect somebody to display these attributes. And I think there's a disservice in giving this verse out and saying, now this is something you ought to do. And the truth is, it's not something you ought to do. It's something that you're able to do because everything that you read in 1 Corinthians 13 is exactly who God is. It is what he is. It is like 1 Corinthians 13 is a sketch artist rendition of God. If God is love, we say God is love, and then you jump back in and say, okay, now what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. What is love? If God is love, what is love? Love is patient. God is patient. Love is kind. God is kind. Love does not envy. He doesn't boast. He's not proud. He's not rude. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrongdoing. He doesn't delight in evil. He rejoices with truth. He will always protect, trust, and hope, and persevere. He will always uh, bear all things for you. He believes all things, hopes all things, endures everything. It will never end. He will never fail. This is a description of God, and if God dwells within you, if you are his tabernacle, you have this ability— And I promise you, if you let God look in your eyes and you look back at him and you become overwhelmed, then just give yourself permission to allow yourself to be overwhelmed by God and be overwhelmed with the reality of who he is and what he has done for you and what he has placed inside you. If you allow him to give yourself, just give yourself permission to be overwhelmed today. God, I give you permission to overwhelm me, to blow my barn doors off today with who you are. I give you that permission. I promise you, he desires for you to know this today. It is the knowledge of this that will comfort you and sustain you when you feel weak and overwhelmed. It is the knowledge of this that will restore you when you are exhausted in your heart. The knowledge that he is here and he will never leave you. Stay with me, Flagon. Comfort me with apples, for I'm sick of love. She looked at Solomon, and she saw everything that he was. And when his power and all of that stuff just kicked into her, the hole that she was sitting in was constructed and designed by this guy sitting next to her. The rafters, every rafter was put in place and designed strategically by him. And he made it happen. He had these these beams hewed out. He had this table built. He had the servants moving like a well-orchestrated dance as they took care of guests. He had every single person there cared for to their their max. And he loved her. I think of God when he made the stars, creation, the handiwork, the heavens, all of that. Like David, I'm overwhelmed. God, who am I that you look at me and find something about me that's lovable? And you say, I don't just love you, Dan, to say I love you. I'm going to express love to you. I'm going to send my son to redeem you, to restore our connection so that you can have access to me anytime I want. And not just that, you can have access to me anytime you want. And not just that, but everything that I am, I'm going to place my spirit inside of you. And now you have access to this love that is patient. You have access to love that is kind. And you have uh, the ability to not envy and to not boast and to not be proud and to not be rude. You can't just say, well, hey, listen, I was born this way. No, 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 no. You were genetically 
perfectly recoded when my spirit quickened you and made you alive at salvation. And you have the ability to not be self-seeking. And you have the ability to extend me in through a relationship and not be easily angered and to keep no record of wrongdoing. Well, I just can't forgive them. Man, you can forgive them. You may not forget, but you have the ability to forgive. God helped me to forget, Joseph said, after all the things that were done to him. Man, you have his spirit. You have everything. Don't tell me what you cannot do. Let me tell you what you can do. You can be patient. You can be kind. You can live a life without envy. And you can live a life not boasting and trying to bring things to the surface to make yourself feel valuable. You can uh, not be proud. And you can uh, refrain from being rude. And you can be not self-seeking. And you can be not easily angered. And you can keep no record of wrongdoing. And you can uh, not delight in evil. And you can rejoice in truth. And you can always protect. And you can trust. And you can hope. And you can persevere. And you can bear all things. And you can believe all things and you can hope all things and you can endure all things and you can never fail why because you have him inside of you the king the king he is yours you are his man it's awesome so we see this communication expression and rest and she's communicating uh, to him he's uh, expressing this through his actions and all of a sudden he looks over at her and the next verse I'm going to warn you right now uh, the next podcast is going to be very very graphic put your maturity hat on because Solomon uh, it's like Barry White starts playing right here and I can't get enough of your love <laughs> kicks in because Solomon he wants to make love and I promise you it's going to blow your barn doors off uh, when you see this because it's so beautiful the melody, the sexual content is loud in our next podcast, but the message is even louder. It is so beautiful. I can't wait to show it to you. God bless you. Have a fantastic day today. Make sure you give away your smile today because your smile is your source and the world is hungry for your source. you got so much to give. So give it out today through your smile. God bless you. We'll see you next time. 